Set a spark to your integrated business and marketing strategies with America's top entrepreneurs and business leaders here at Integrate and Ignite with your host, Lori Jones. Welcome to the Integrate and Ignite podcast. Larissa Murillo is the head of marketing for a SaaS company, MarketGoo, which focuses on SEO tools for small businesses. Featured as one of the 50 women you need to know in MarTech for 2018, she has been in the B2B software marketing space for eight years. She leads the marketing and demand generation team and is a regular contributor to SMB-focused blogs such as Weebly Inspiration Center, Alignable Insights, ePages, and more. She holds an undergraduate degree in communications from the University of Pennsylvania and a master's in market research and consumer behavior from IE Business School out of Spain. Larissa Murillo, welcome to Integrate and Ignite. Hi, Laurie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for this. I'm actually a longtime listener of the podcast, so I'm really excited to be a guest here. Well, I'm so excited to hear that. Thank you so much. That just made my heart flutter. So thank you. <laughs> Tell us more about MarketGoo and your position there. Well, I'm the head of marketing for MarketGoo. Like you mentioned, um, I head marketing and also demand generation. We're a software as a service company that develops SEO tools. So I'm in charge of everything regarding corporate communications, public relations, and demand generation activities. So let's get into the trenches here for just a second. What do people not know about SEO that they need to know? Oh, wow. That's a great question. I feel like SEO is very, it's, an, there's a lot of mystery surrounding it. And I think it's often really misunderstood, especially by um, our target market, which are SMBs. I think the major thing that everyone needs to know is that it's not rocket science. It's not as hard as it's made out to be. And if you follow a few basic guidelines and rules, you can totally do it yourself. Well, and that is what we're going to be talking about today with some of the tools that MarketGoo deploys. But first of all, let's get back into the trenches about what you do day to day. At the end of the day, your role is to help drive customer count and inquiry and to increase revenue. What is one of the biggest roadblocks that you continually face and how do you overcome it? Right. So this is actually related to uh, what we were just talking about. I think one of my biggest roadblocks is adjusting expectations for small businesses that want to start their SEO journey. The way, um, like I mentioned, their expectations are often misaligned because there's a lot of information out there but there's also a lot of misinformation, right? So we've, I think we've all, if you've ever been in a business, you, we've all received emails from SEO agencies based in India or other countries that will promise you number one ranking. And a lot of our, our potential and actually our current customers have been through really bad experiences with these agencies. And they think it's a lot of, you know, it's very technical and they think they need to pay a lot to get it done. So one of the biggest roadblock I face is really trying to realign their expectations. And the way that we really overcame this was to deeply collaborate with our product and customer success teams internally in order to research and identify the why behind like these expectations that potential customers had and even our current customers had had been through. You know, I I think that one of the key points that if potential client or our listeners today get back into their Google Analytics, they've got an SEO program going, one surefire test is to just take a look at where the traffic is coming from, noting those overseas companies that promise you everything regarding SEO rankings. What is happening is that they are channeling 
visitors to sites that have nothing to do with the target audience or the geography that a particular brand or company might need. Meaning, if you go into your Google AdWords and you take a look at the traffic and 35% of it is from Russia, you've got a problem, right? Talk to us about that. Exactly. So that's what you mentioned is uh, one way to do it. Um, Also, you know, talking about Google Analytics, when you go into and um, analyze where your traffic's coming from, um, you also need to take a good look at where your referral traffic is coming from, because that can also be indicator that if you're with working with an agency you're getting links from companies that also like you mentioned have nothing to do with what with your industry or your target market and also i'd like to backtrack and say that Google Analytics is actually a really underutilized tool. It's it's ubiquitous for most of us marketers, but actually when, when you're dealing with small businesses that actually do their own marketing, it's many of them, um, many of the clients don't even know what Google Analytics is. So I think that one of the first stop, stops is always setting up analytics tool that will give you precise and accurate information. You know, it's amazing if we just take a look at Google, uh, YouTube, even our Facebook channels, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, the amount of data that is in there for us to make intelligent decisions on a daily basis for our clients is really very, very substantial. But it, it's, it is hard to navigate from time to time. There's no doubt about it. But just knowing that it's available definitely helps you and I get our job done. There's no doubt about it. Oh yeah, it makes our jobs way easier. <laughs> it does. Only if the analytics were available uh, years ago, right? We'd be you know so far ahead. But I guess technology drives it all and, and MarTech uh, is one of the major leading growth areas for us as marketers to really grow in and push out a great data uh, programs for our clients. That's exactly right. What are three communication tips that you have learned about connecting the sales-driven vision of executive leadership to the more creative components of marketing for a growing brand? That's a great question. So I think the major, one of the major things that um, we need to pay attention to is that a lot of times sales and creative don't mesh because there are uh, misaligned objectives. We don't, we're not setting our objectives together. I think that continuous feedback is a very good communication tip. Um, You have to plant trust and you have to crystallize objectives together. I say this because I think some degree of autonomy is really needed to be able to have some good creative output and you need those, those three things to make sure it works. So if you're continuously getting feedback and addressing roadblocks early on, that enables you to really plant trust. And if you're going towards the same objectives that you've established together with your sales team and with your executive leadership, it's much easier to do. And that gives you the autonomy that can then later help your creative output, right? I I agree. It's all about that dialogue, right? Yes, definitely. And it's, it's all about test and scale, test and scale. So that works. Those are my three favorite words. I said two favorite words last week on an interview, but it is actually three, test and scale. Exactly. Now, good, good strategy starts with competitive differentiation, positioning, messaging, you know, the whole gamut. What process have you deployed to develop messaging that differentiates and builds top of mind awareness? So I think an interesting thing about our company is that we, so like I mentioned, we serve SMBs, but we also partner with very large hosting companies. So I think that's forced us to kind of work the B2B and B2C track at the same time. I think uh, one of the things that we've been able to do that has really helped our top of mind awareness is this partnering with large um, hosting companies, for instance, um, Endurance International, um, they already have extremely strong top of mind positions and we can really leverage ourselves on that. And one thing I really decided to do was also leverage our excellent customer support as a big differentiation point, especially given the industry we operate in. You know, I think the hosting industry is famous for having really bad reviews and abysmal customer service. And we really wanted to change that. You know, we wanted to say here, um, here we are, we're working in the hosting industry with these hosting companies, but you, you 
you can count on us to really give you a customer support you need, right? Right. And keeping a and basically keeping our messaging consistent and being able to deliver on our promise. You know, that's the most important thing at the end of the day. If we have a great USP but we can't really deliver on it, then it's as good as nothing. Well, and one of the things that Market Goo provides is a free SEO report, and yes. that allows people to eat, you know to have a basis, right? And it also helps them um, to equip themselves, you know, with more knowledge when they are talking to people about SEO and really understanding the pros and cons of it and and where they fit within the grand scheme of things. Talk to us about the use of that kind of a report as a way you've been able to differentiate yourself from the litany of other SEO uh, tools and companies out there. Right. So, well, one of the great things about being a SaaS company and offering a service is that we can give away a part of our product for free, you know, which would be unthinkable in maybe other industries. You can't give away things for free. But here, this tool has been great for us internally as a lead generation tool because users or potential users who generate it can really see the value in identifying SEO issues in their website and they become interested in following an SEO plan to improve their entire website. I love it. Now, there are so many marketing um, approaches to building an overall integrated program. Uh, we, We bucket our programs with owned media, earned, shared, and then of course paid. What are two or three tips that you can provide our listeners today regarding building their approach? So I think for each of these silos that you mentioned, you know, uh, marketing, PR, advertising, paid, um, you need to first understand what your current limitations are. And I know this will be different for startups versus um, larger larger companies. And you need to start with clear objectives that are aligned with sales. And again, as the company as a whole, you know, I've been saying this a lot, but I really, you know, learned through experience that objective setting needs to be clear and it needs to be done together and you need to continuously revise it. And then you really need to answer the questions for, for each silo. How are we identifying our target audience where within this channel? Where can we find them? And how do we engage them? And I think this is a basic formula that can really apply to any industry, not only SaaS. I love it. Now, what steps do you take to ensure the desired quality of both yourself and executive level leadership is achieved with your brand goals? I think this goes back to how we connect with the sales-driven vision of executive leadership when we're dealing with the marketing and more creative aspects of it. I think continuous feedback is key. And if we've been able to set our objectives together um, since the beginning, then our desired quality is always reached because even if the stated objectives, we fall short of maybe the objectives, since we're always in within this continuous feedback, we're still getting the quality we want, right? Because like you say, we have to experiment a lot, or we have to iterate a lot, and then we have to fix things in a lean manner. So I think that uh, communication is key in sh- to ensure desired quality. I love it. Now, I would imagine that MarketGoo has some of the best SEO out there in the market. You better, right? <laughs> now, what are some of the best practices that you deploy as a company to assure that your SEO is what people want to talk about? Well, first of all, I think we do, you know, we have to practice what we preach, which is get your get your technical SEO in order, right? That's um, fixing the basic issues everyone hears about, um, headers, meta descriptions, titles. And then, of course, we're in a position to do a bit more advanced SEO, which is link building. You know, we have a big link building project happening right now. We work a lot on content. Um, you know, content is king is a very cliche phrase, but people say it because it's true. We've right. worked during the past four years of really um, developing strong content, especially um, educational content that people who are interested in our tools um, can refer to, can they can use as resources to learn more. And that's really, I think content is one of the most neglected aspects of SEO. And it's really one of the easiest to do because it requires almost no upfront investment and it can really have very good long-term benefits. I love it. Now, what is one of the coolest programs that you've deployed that worked really well and ignited customer count? Actually, uh, we talked 
talked about it, uh, my free my free SEO report. <laughs> That's actually um, one of the best things we implemented because it was really a it served as a great lead generation tool. And it really, I think the it's we've received many comments from you know even competitors who say your SEO report is too good. You know you're giving too much away for free. Um, but we don't see it like that. We see we're giving away so much value, so potential customers can really see what they're missing um, by not taking like taking control of their SEO. I love it. Now, as we've talked about, we certainly have challenges day to day. You know, the MarTech side of our industry is changing so much. Just keeping up with them can be very, very difficult. But let's start this challenge round with customers. What is the biggest challenge you face in creating a loyal customer base? Oh, well, that's, you know, this question will really make me think. (laughs) So um, I think churn, so first of all, I think in our industry, churn is just inherent to the type of industry we're in because um, small businesses, it's a very fragmented base. And, you know, a lot of businesses are a lot of being, are being created, but a lot of them are also closing all the time. And that creates a, a high churn that really we can't really control. So that's one of the things we've realized that your customer, it doesn't have to do with your customer's loyalty or your retention. It's just um, inherent to the business. But another side is really if you focus on giving value to the customer, then in SaaS, you know, they, they, right. if you focus on giving a great customer support, they will stay because you're giving them that something that they're really not receiving anywhere else. I like it. Now let's move on to marketing. What is one of the biggest, or I'm sorry, what is one of the most difficult scenarios you have encountered in your marketing role and how did you overcome it? I think one of the most difficult scenarios I faced is maybe a lack of connection and communication with our um, development and technical team because, you know, I think that now in you know you, you're in marketing as well. You know we really have to interact a lot with technical teams and development teams to get our experiments going, to get our tests, to get our analytics. And I think there's a little bit of a disconnect sometimes between what marketing and sales needs and what development teams can give you or their priorities. And I think we have to go back and really what we did was sit down, you know, with the entire team and kind of look at where where this disconnect was happening and how we could channel our requests in order to get them um, fulfilled in a timely manner. And it's really been working. So we've adopted a bit of the technical methodology for the scrum methodology Uh and it's really made us um, much more agile and we've also I realized that you know you can have the best ideas in the world but if you're not really um, being allocated enough resources it's not going to work so we also um, increased our allocation of resources resources into growth and demand generation and that really helps us a lot so I'd say it all comes down to communication absolutely now market changes what do you do to stay ahead of constant marketing innovation and change I well what I do really you know there's so much information on marketing, martech, and on the SEO side, on the SEM side, you know, every day there are new changes. What I do is basically just carve out a time on my agenda as if it were a meeting to really inform myself every day of new things that are going on. Yeah. It's, do you have your go-to sources uh, that you're able to receive that information from? Definitely. I check out uh, martech exec all the time, search engine journal, alignable street, uh, street fight mag, a ton of local SEO because local SEO is really changing these days. It is isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, there's a big push there with some very, very large businesses as well. Yeah, yeah, I can really see it uh, developing during this next year because we've been hearing about it for a long time, but now I can really see changes. And I also see on the market side, you know, um, SMBs are really, they're hearing about it and they want to implement it. Now, what impact does 
social marketing have on SEO these days? So I think there, you know, there's a camp that says it has nothing to do with SEO and it's, uh, you know, their wasted efforts. But what we see is that social, social sharing really does seem to provide signals to SEO that can help your rank, especially if your website specific, your website URL is being shared a lot over social and you're again with content, you're really creating great content that's being shared a lot. It does seem to be a signal that, um, that you're creating something of value that people are sharing. So I'd say for businesses that, for, for instance, for small businesses that don't have that much time, you don't have to be on all social channels, but definitely pick a few where you're, um, where you're totally integrated and you're sharing your content all the time and you're really build, building your brand there as well because it does matter. I don't well, think good. anyone can afford to not be on social right now. That's some good advice. What are two or three items our audience can use in the next 24 hours to improve their organization? top of mind awareness? I think uh, one thing that I see sometimes even large brands neglect is they don't showcase how their brand has worked in real life for other people. Mm. You know, just things as simple as testimonials of in uh, the case of our SaaS industry through a review strategy on a site like G2Crowd or Captera.com. Those are really good traffic. Um, you know, they get a lot of traffic and they also send you a lot of traffic. You know, it seems so basic, but all too often brands forget to talk about themselves, right? They really do. I think it's important too. Thank you for that. What do you think is the most important communication tip for team success that you can offer to other marketing experts listening today? I think that defining roles for every person on your team, taking into account their strengths and blind spots is really important. And also something that I see a lot of teams don't do is address roadblocks quickly in a timely manner. You know, people wait too long until it's too late or until a project, um, you know, you can't meet a deadline. Yeah. I, I, and you know what? We all hate confrontation anyways, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to, to definitely key in on that sooner um, is a good piece of advice. In closing, if you were to tell one person thank you for helping you become the person you are today, who would it be and what did they do? Well, that's a really hard question. I, I could say thank you to a lot of people. Well, obviously, um, my parents and my family, but in a professional um, setting, I think my first boss, which actually gave me the job that introduced me to software marketing, I think he really helped me become the person I am today. And he, you know, I always say in life, there are a lot of people who do, you know, maybe they'll do one or two things for you, but they're so big that they really affect your life. And he really did that for me. You know, he gave me my first job and he also um, gave me the opportunity to come to Spain, which is where I am now. And I work for a Spanish company now. Oh, I love it. That's wonderful. Wonderful. I tell you, Larissa Marillo, we have so enjoyed our conversation with you today. Thank you so much. And let's remember that objective setting needs to be clear, concise, and have the ability to be revised. Thank you for your appearance on the Integrate and Ignite podcast. Thanks so much, Lori, for having me. This episode is complete, but the inspiration has just begun. Head over to avocetcommunications.com for show notes and more aha moments. Tune in regularly to ignite your integrated business and marketing strategies with Lori Jones and the Integrate and Ignite podcast.